Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome back to the Mellow Compass podcast. In this episode, we are talking to acting streaming manager at Angina B's, Ros Roz's story is one of not giving up and pure persistence. Having pivoted from recruitment into music several years after uni, she's networked her way into her first internship at Coalition Agency via an event in Ibiza, which then led to roles at WME and Ministry of Sound before she landed her dream job at her dream company, Anjuna Beats. Thanks as always for hitting play and please do hit subscribe and leave us a rating. It really does help us move up the charts and reach more and more listeners. Roz, welcome to the Mellow Compass podcast. It's so wonderful to have you on the pod. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. And you. So we often kick off the podcast with some warm-up questions to get to know a little bit about you behind the professional music you. So tell us, are you a dog or are you a cat person? 100% dog person. Did you buy a pup during lockdown? Oh, I wish. We live in a really small flat, so I didn't think it was very fair to get a, a little dog, but hopefully soon and maybe in the next year or two. We'll see. So when you're not working, where would we typically find you? Either in the gym or on the bike. Most recently on the bike, if the weather's good. Got massively into biking over lockdown. Upgraded to a road bike back at the end of last year and absolutely love it. So been doing some really big cycles with my partner. And a couple of people from work did one last week, which is about 70k. My God, where did you go? <laughs> down to Cobham in Surrey. Oh, beautiful. And then in May, we cycled down to Brighton. Any other big trips planned for the summer? We've got a trip planned to the Lake District. Probably do take the bikes up there and do a bit of cycling up there. Other than that, just around the area, really. And whereabouts is whereabouts are you based? In Putney in southwest London. Oh, stunning. You've got loads of great trails around there, really close to Richmond Park. So many. I go there um, over my lunch break when I'm working from home. <laughs> so working in music, so you're also a DJ, um, do you have a dream artist or producer that you'd love to work with? Probably Paul Colkbrenner. He's always been one of my favourite all-time DJs and producers. I just love his music. Quite similar to the Andrew Deep style, more progressive, melodic hopefully get to work with him soon on Andrew and Deep but we'll see apart from that I am a very big fan of Carl Cox 
just because of how long he's been in the scene and how much energy he always brings to a party. Um, and I just think he's so creative in everything that he does, even his remixes and everything. So he'd be really cool to work with as well. Yeah, such a legend. So bringing it back to the beginning. Yes. Now, you have an amazing career story, pivoting from recruitment into music, but let's start at the beginning. You studied biology in Manchester, big party city, big music scene. Yeah. And you obviously have like a huge passion for music, but you now work at Anjuna Beat. Did you think about working in music after uni or was it not really on the radar? Like what was the, what was the kind of plan after uni? What were your thoughts? Um, I didn't really have a plan after uni. I took biology because I actually really enjoyed the subject and I didn't really think post-graduation so I just quickly chose biology did the three four years and then was like okay what do I do now but then in that time obviously being in Manchester and like you said a very vibrant city for for music went to so many events and was introduced to dance music probably in the first second year and then got into DJ in that way my brother gave me his old vinyl decks learned basic mix and trance on vinyl and then from there, when I graduated, I guess, didn't want to go into anything to do with science because I didn't want to be a teacher and I didn't want to be stuck in a lab. So then I decided to move to Canada for a year because I didn't want to get a proper job, as you do. Yeah. <laughs> do a bit of traveling. Uh, stayed there for about a year, Did went through the States, traveled to Thailand, um, and then eventually came back to England, decided to move down to London still not knowing exactly what I wanted to do so music never really came to mind but I know I wanted to be in London and big city uh, obviously needed to make some money so I was in recruitment and then just realized be that type of pushy salesperson and selling jobs I wasn't really that and I was doing really well and I had a great manager and a great team and everything and the, and the company was great and very supportive but then in the second yeah, my dad actually passed away. So I guess when you go through that type of trauma, it kind of puts everything, especially life, into perspective, which makes you think life's too short to miss out on anything. And then I decided just to quit recruitment and get a job in a bar and go study music. Ever since a young age, I've always had some sort of connection with music. When I was growing up, I was playing the piano, the violin. I lived in Spain for about five years. I self-taught myself the guitar and the drums and like I've always had that, I guess, like passion to be involved with music somehow, but I never thought it was possible to do as a career unless you're an artist or unless you're in a band or something. So it never really, I was like, no way we can get paid to do something else in music. So then when all of this happened, I was looking into what opportunities there were and obviously didn't have any music qualifications. So I found the Point Blank Music School up in North London. So I studied a music production sound engineering diploma which lasted about nine months and that was amazing I met some amazing people on the course I'm still in contact with now who I've done events with who I've been one of their resident DJs for and it was just it was really cool to do something which I never thought was actually possible. What do you think was missing when you know you were first looking at the types of opportunities in music like did you find that it was quite easy to understand like the range of opportunities there or was it kind of like where do I begin? To be honest I don't think I really looked into how many jobs are in a label or, or what made up a label, how many different parts it's got Um, also different parts of the industry so you've got label, you've got the agencies, you've got the booking agents, events, festivals so you've got so many areas. I personally didn't know where I wanted to be until I was at point blank 
and obviously I'd studied music production so music production was always going to be I wanted trying to be a producer and a DJ I guess to really make it as a producer you need to be a DJ as well because the idea is to DJ your own tunes out yeah so you get recognized yeah and get promoted yeah but then when I was at um point blank you do realize and especially now being at a label you realize how many producers producers are out there and how much amazing music there are it, I was already behind anyway there were people that were not like that should matter anyway but there were people that chose point blank as their degree so was, they did degree courses they were 18 19 years old um what was I? I think I was 25 26 I can't actually remember and that definitely didn't matter but to get to where all these producers are who are sending amazing music to labels you have to be on it every single day like learning just getting new ideas down just non-stop and it was hard because I guess doing that, like being at a computer all day, you kind of want a bit of a break. But no, it was good. And it was an amazing course, an amazing school. And I'd highly recommend if anyone wants to do a music course to look into Point Blank because um, all the lecturers, they've all come from the industry as well. So and really very cool as well. Mm. Did you find having studied music production and sound engineering that there were few females or did you find it was also quite equally balanced? Because sound engineering and mastering and that area is like renowned to be, you know, quite male dominated. Maximum amount of people that you had in a class was a 10. And sometimes I was the only female. And then one of my friends was the other female. So it was probably two out of 10 females. Well, in most of my classes, I'd say the split would probably be about 70, 30. There's definitely more female artists coming out now especially working on dance electronic music and one of my friends that I met in Point Blank she's doing her own vocals and she's doing so well now so you can do anything basically now yeah you can I think it's just like really empowering women to like to see that any kind of opportunity is there for everybody and it doesn't matter like who you are what your gender is and where you come from every opportunity is for everybody yeah, 100%. The only thing that I didn't see was any female lecturers, but maybe that will come. Yeah, maybe that will come. And that's, you know, that's a generational thing as well. Like you get the students in and and then again, 10, 20, 30 years later, that will be, we'll be able to see the difference. Yeah, no, exactly. Tell us, how did you go about pivoting your career into music? Working a couple of jobs at the same time, how did you manage that? It was very busy. I just remember never being in my flat in East London at <laughs> it was like go to the bar then go to the lectures then go back to the bar and then do this and then get work experience at um another bar it was a great year but it was very yeah it was very busy so so I was working at a bar in Canary Wharf called Boysdale mm-hmm. and they basically have live music and stuff so every so often when I wasn't busy I'd always like overlook the sound engineering desk and ask like loads of questions so I'd kind of kind of be learning on the job as well um I then met a few sound engineers that way who said I could come and shadow them at Ronnie Scott's the jazz bar in Soho so I was doing that every other Tuesday which is really cool so some really cool bands there on open mic night and I guess getting that experience firsthand is the best experience you'll ever get in terms of the internships that I got I guess so I started going to conferences so the first conference I went to was IMF in in Ibiza Ibiza's always got a bit of a special place in my heart as well so it was always gonna be number one 
and the conference is about three days long you meet so many people and I was just I was just on one I just wanted to speak to everyone get everyone's contacts asking them how I can get into the industry and a lot of the answers were just like you need experience you need an internship I was like well how do I get an internship can you, can you not got anything um had a really like nice talk with one of the managers at Pioneer and she was just like you're great but we just don't have anything junior level for you right now yeah it was kind of getting you just it's really hard because you need that first foot in the door and then once you're in you're in we were at an event at Ashwire and I was just dancing on the uh, top of a palm tree anyway and one of my mates knew this girl who was working for coalition agency yeah and uh, I just started talking to her. I was just like, oh, have you got any, like, internships or jobs going at Coalition? She was just like, you know what? We're actually looking for an intern. that I'd never met her before, and she was so lovely. And she was just like, yeah, just, like, um, get me on Facebook and send me a CV, and I'll pass it to my manager. And then I did that as soon as I got back to London. Had an interview the following week, and then that's how I got my first internship. So just speaking to people, just asking. And then whilst I was there, I was still looking for other internships and other opportunities as well as working at a bar which was very busy um but it was cool the internship was quite basic you do a lot of admin stuff but you do get hands-on experience in an agency coalition dealt with a lot of the ministry of sound acts like head candy and that so got insight into that side and then at that time I had applied to Anjuna Beats for an internship Mm -hmm. I had an interview and uh and it went really well and it's been the next week or the next couple of weeks I heard back from them saying that they'd like to offer me the internship so I had to leave coalition move to Angina Beats which was amazing it was really cool it was probably like the best decision I've made but um even when I was at university Angina Deep was one of my favorite labels and I'd never even dreamt of working there at all so it was for that to happen I do feel quite lucky but obviously I have worked hard for it 100% yeah but I do think if you want something and you want to work for a certain label, then you should just go for it. Um, so then at Anjuna Beats, because it was only an internship, so I was only on a very minimum wage there. I was still working at the bar as well. And I was still applying for full-time jobs. I did get an offer for a full-time job at WME, which is the Willie Mor- Morris Agency, the American agency, talent agency. So Anjuna Beats couldn't offer me a full-time position there and then. So I had to leave. Uh, I made some really amazing friends there and contacts who I kept in touch with, started WME. And as you can imagine, it was very, very, very corporate. Very large company. Very massive. But yeah, and you get hired as a Music Central assistant, which, which is basically the assistant to the assistant to the agent's assistant. So you're at the very bottom of the pile. <laughs> but when I was there, I realised I didn't really want to be in an agency, so... After being going from an agency to a label back to an agency, the experience I had at Anjuna as a label, I kind of knew I always wanted to end up at a label. And when I was at Anjuna, I was helping the streaming manager on quite a few little tasks he'd messaged me about um, and I'd quickly finish them off and everything. And streaming had always interested me just because it's so fast paced and it's come so far so quickly, I guess, in the in the music world. and it's almost eradicated CDs and everything else, vinyls, comeback, but I think it's more of a trend. So I always kind of knew in the back of my head it would be amazing to work in streaming, but there are very limited jobs in streaming. So when I was at WME, I was I, I was keeping my eye on 
the job market for label for because I'd always wanted to see what a major label was like yeah so I uh I applied for a job at Sony Music as I think I've, I initially applied as a, a label assistant obviously didn't have enough experience for this but the HR um messaged me and she was just like we've got another role it's a little bit junior but it'll get you in the door basically mm. and it was a personal assistant for the managing director and general manager of Ministry of Sound. So I went to the interview, got on really well um, with both of them. Knew already knew a couple of people in the team from my trip to Ibiza. So when you're in the music industry, you realise how small the music industry is. That like everyone knows everyone, which is yeah. quite cool. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows everyone, and it's like it's always like if you're a part, it's like oh my god, do you know that person? It's just like a whole web of um, connections, which is yeah. great. No, it is good. It is good. It's quite nice. It's nice to be in it. Because I was still in my three months period, probation period at WME, I could leave within a week. Great. Yeah, so that worked out. And then I joined Sony. Um, and Ministry of Sound was, was a great company. It was a, a great label, sorry. I guess they've come quite far since they were their own independent label, mm. being acquired by Sony. Team were great. Everyone was, like, on the same level. Um. But then I just realized at the end of the day, I was still a personal assistant. I was still a PA. And, uh, and I did ask them about moving up and promotion and how that works. And it would just be a very slow progression, basically. And not until someone else moves, I couldn't really move. And in my head, I was thinking, well, if I know their diaries, I know how they like to work. Why are they going to move me internally? So, um. At the time, I was still speaking to a few people from Anjuna, still going to the events and still in um, communication with the streaming manager, who's a really good friend of mine now. And he was like, oh, I actually really need someone in my team because the streaming side of things in Anjuna has just blown up massively and I can't do it all by myself. He was like, we really got on. We we should have offered you a role before or whatever, um, but we'd love for you to come back. So... I was like, oh, okay, sounds very interesting. <laughs> I went through the whole process, applied for the role and went through the two stages, managed to get the role and that was about October 2019. And I haven't looked back, so, and I absolutely love it. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. 
From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course. And I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. So looking at, you know, that kind of career history, first being at Anjuna as the label intern, then WME, then Ministry of Sound, and now back at Anjuna Beats. Yeah. Is there anything through that process that you felt really made your applications stand out? Because, you know, going back to what you were saying before, you know, in the Ibiza days, yeah. they're saying you need to get you need to get an internship, you need to get a bit of experience. And then suddenly we've got this bam, 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 you know, one after the other. And like you've done really well to, to get all of those things. So, yeah, was there was there anything that you think really made you stand out? I guess persistence I guess I never really stopped until I was really happy and now I'm happy so I guess that if you're not content where you are then there's a reason for that and you should address it basically you should never give up where you see your dreams ending and at that time I was always stuck on getting into streaming there's any other way to get into streaming even at Ministry of Sound I was trying to get a bit more involved with the streaming side they obviously had their own streaming manager, um, but I was speaking to him a little bit, trying to get a little bit of inside knowledge. And But I think every role did contribute to the next one. So it did help me in each way. Just basic skills and just insight into the roles and insight into the industry. Because when I very first started in the internships, I didn't really know much about the industry or how it worked. But then you get that hands-on experience by working in companies and and you do learn so much that way so and also being an intern you're thrown into everything aren't you so you're working across an entire team rather than working in you know one specific area so it also helps you understand which area you then want to go into and pursue exactly you get to trial a little bit you get to trial different roles I guess and then I guess streaming just stuck with me so So what was it about streaming that made you want to pursue that area? Um, Mostly because it's very fast paced. It's fulfilling when you see a track doing really well on a certain platform and you kind of made that happen and you got it into X playlist and it's now doing X streams, which equates to X amount of revenue for the business. 
and it's like one of the most important parts of a label now also just thinking about you know um how you secured that streaming assistant position how do you think or do you think perhaps it's a it's an obvious question but you know for for people listening and thinking okay well I did an internship at Sony so that means that I should be in a better position for securing a role within Sony in the future do you think that is true I mean I would have thought it comes down to connections and who you know within the business because you know it's always kind of good to get a recommendation do you feel that having that internship in the bag um really helped you secure that full-time position I yeah I do think so I think the experience and also being at the company before and also knowing the people also knowing that the company knew how I like to work I'm quite a hard worker and obviously if if an employee can see that in an internship they're more likely to go for you in a permanent position rather than just someone who they've never met before and also the fact that you knew your now manager the streaming manager and he approached you as well I mean with all of these things you always have to go through like the the standard application process but um it does help when you have a recommendation of someone going yeah yeah this person's good like pluck her application out and now you've been at the business for almost two years and also just secured yourself a promotion. Yep, Congratulations. <laughs> Tell us, what does a standard day look like as a streaming assistant? Streaming is this kind of buzzword yeah. and it's like, what does that actually mean? What is involved in that type of position? So every day is very different. Um, we do have regular responsibilities that we do need to do on a weekly basis but a big chunk of our work is pitching our releases to all the DSPs which is Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon and loads more so we don't just pitch music to Spotify for example so we do do all the partners so a big part of my role is overseeing the delivery of I work very closely with the delivery manager he lets me know that the releases are in the back end ready to be pitched so it's my role to basically write the pitch in a way that it's going to put the release in a better position, that the editor is going to place it high in one of their playlists, for example. What's included in a pitch could be how well previous artists' releases performed on the platform, previous playlist placements, any stats or um, streams, how many streams the previous releases have done, and also what promotion we're going to be doing for the release. So we're going to be promoting Spotify link when X releases comes out next week and then as you mentioned so recently just received a promotion now I'm working on bigger campaigns so we've got a lot of huge album priority campaigns this year so yesterday we just had the e-line for album release so a lot of my role will be communicating with editors that this single is coming out be really good to work in this playlist or e-line for have just been playlisted on Sirius XM or they've been played on BBC Radio 1 it's just keeping editors updated and keeping them engaged with the campaign so they're more likely to feature it. More featuring we get basically equates to more revenue. A big chunk of it is about relationship building. So you need to build relationships with editors, with the product managers, because the product manager is going to update you on all of these key stats that you can update editors with. So it's quite, it is quite a busy role. And then I guess when it comes to playlists, you, you really have to listen to, to our releases and then manually go through the playlists and sonically 
find the right playlist for them. So it is time consuming, but there are a few which we do get regular featuring in. So sometimes we'll put that or sometimes we'll want to source new playlist targets. It's always evolving, but it's exciting. How do you go about like prioritizing artists and which artists are going to be put on this many playlists versus maybe like a bigger artist? So that's mostly done by the product managers, but it'll be, I guess, for example, Elan is a priority artist and then we've got development artists. They might not have had any releases on the label. Um, so they'll be they'll still get everything pitched and everything, but not as much promotion as, for example, Elan Fear will get three tiers. So the tier one is top priority, main priority, mm-hmm. mid tier, and then lower tier. You're talking to a range of people. You say relationships are key to this role. You mentioned a couple of different departments internally. Which would you say are the key people to have relationships with internally and externally? So internally, we have a number of labels that we actually look after. So we've got Angina Beats, we've got Angina Deep, Lane 8's label, This Never Happened, Dusky, 17 Steps, and Seven Lions' Ophelia label. So streaming-wise, in in my team, we have to pitch all of the releases from all of the labels. So it's not like we're just working on Anjuna Beach releases or Anjuna Deep releases. So we have to communicate with all the product managers from each label to make sure that their release is going to be delivered on time, all the information, sales notes and sales history for us to construct our pitches with. We work closely with the delivery team to make sure everything's been delivered on time because different DSPs um, so Apple Music and Spotify, they all have different pitching times. So mm-hmm. Apple Music and iTunes, you have to pitch three weeks out. Spotify is usually about two weeks out. Mm-hmm. And then Amazon's a week out. So got all these different dates, which you've got to stay on top of as well. All the people internally speak to the radio team. So we've got a radio in-house plugger. Um, they'll update us if the artist has had any recent radio featuring. Uh, or any guest mixes on upcoming shows. And we also have events in-house as well. So hopefully, fingers crossed, they come back this year. Yes. Um, it's really good to include these things in in pitches as well because it will keep editors, um, I guess, involved with the pitch. They'll know that they've got um, X Festival coming up um, and they're going to be performing this track live. So it's going to do really well or let's try and promote it before so there is there is a lot internally and then externally like I said it's mostly editors from all their partners and also I guess label reps as well that can help facilitate any other promotion that we can get through them that's a lot of artists <laughs> and a lot of tracks promoted <laughs> all the time like no wonder you guys are such a busy team <laughs> so when I started I remember pitching about six releases a week the, the norm now is about 10. And you say Anjuna Deep specifically in the involved group was one of your top labels when you were at uni. Um, how would you describe Anjuna Beats where you work as a place to work? Like what, what do people look for when, you know, applying? There's like a big music buzz. Obviously you have to be like really into your electronic music, kind of know artists and producers and but other than, you know, the obvious music. Um, passion point what else would you say is desirable I think just being a very open fun character 
I think everyone's very different at Andrina, but at the end of the day, we're all there for one reason. We want to help artists succeed. There's part of the music, there's put events out. So everyone's very bubbly, everyone's very hardworking, but it's uh, we do have a balance of work hard, play hard as well. So I guess just being yourself and not being shy. There's no one, I don't think there's anyone who's shy at Anjuna. Just having a bit of a voice and having a bit of a laugh. It's that kind of culture, which is which is nice. And it's um it is refreshing coming from WME coming to a label because a label is just fun. We have music playing on the in the office. Some bit sometimes it's a bit questionable, but anyone can jump on the speakers. Um we have loads of like Slack um channels. For example, there's one called Anjuna Kitchen, which is just Full of memes sometimes so <laughs> yeah it's a very bubbly it's a bubbly um atmosphere oh cool you've accomplished so much in the last couple of years what do you see lies ahead for your career within music what is the big dream have you got your dream job <laughs> I think you do have your dream job <laughs> I think I've got my dream job which is why again I haven't thought past this point so for the time being I'm just really enjoying where I am obviously trying to do as well as I can at Anjuna, trying to do as much as I can for Anjuna. But post that, no, I don't really have anything. I'm so happy and like I feel very fortunate to be in the position where I am. And and I know a lot of my friends are always, they always say to me, you're so lucky to be in the dream job. And again, I am, but again, at the end of the day, I did work for it. So, and anyone can be where I am if they really, really want it. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that's, really super clear from from your journey hard work networking got your eye on the dream networking is a big one always network because you never know who you're going to meet <laughs> yeah exactly if you if you can't be bothered to go to that party where you think you might meet someone go just go anyway exactly you'll enjoy yourself you'll always get something out of it yeah <laughs> it's like with it with any job any job that you take you will get something out of it we're learning all the time 100 percent. yep so tell us, what is the key thing that you've learned in your career that you, you would want listeners to take away? I probably like touched on this before, just to never give up. And if you can experience different parts of the music industry, because early on when you are an intern, um, because when you do get a full-time job, it's a bit different. It's, well, it looks a bit different on your CV, jumping from one to another. But yeah, um, there, there are the music industry, there's so many jobs, so I'd say do your research um, make sure you do know what you're getting in for because some of the jobs do require a lot of graft as well. And well, especially if you're going to go into the agency side as well, just enjoy it as well. Mm, so fun. Yeah. Working music, in music is fun. Me, working in music is, is one of the best jobs anyone can have. So mm. if, yeah, if you get the opportunity, just do it. Mm. And anybody can work in music. That's the great thing about it. If you think about it, like music is around us everywhere. You see people on the tube, you see people on the bus just with the headphones and they listen to music. And then it's moments like that. It's like, I, actually, I work in that industry. And it's, it's small and it's hard to get into. But once you're in, you're in. What's the best advice anyone has ever given you? Never give up. Just, yeah, just keep pushing yourself, even out of your comfort zone, because that's the best time you're going to learn anything. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Push past your fears exactly so that's what it's about <laughs> and finally um if listeners want to connect with you where can they find you uh you can find me on instagram under Roskey or linkedin roseanne keith 
Wonderful. Thank you so much, Roz. That was such a wonderful conversation. Thank you very much for having me. I've actually really enjoyed it. The Mellow Compass podcast is produced by the wonderful Rosie Bennett. To keep updated on the latest episodes, hit like and subscribe and we'll see you next time. Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course, and I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.